Welcome to the weekly podcast of Valley Church. I pray that this message will fill you with the hope of the gospel and will help you follow Jesus today. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, visit valleychurchwv.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to be together this morning. Um, just want to welcome you guys again if you're first time here. We're actually in our second week of our series that we've been going through. And um, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the pastor here, along with uh, we lead together, myself and my wife. And uh, we're just blessed to have you guys together with us today. Um, yeah, as Doug said, if you have recently been saved, um, we would love to just encourage you to take that first step of obedience and get baptized. That is, that is a, just a great step that you can take, and we want to be there to walk you through that, understand just the significance of what that is, to tell others that you are a follower of Jesus. Um, the other thing is this. This morning, we are going to be taking communion together, and so if you didn't get, in, get one of the communion elements already, um, we'll have our ushers passing those out when we take it at that time. But uh, just be ready for that, and just encourage you, prepare your heart right now. Sometimes we only use that moment to prepare our hearts, but why don't you just through the whole message, just use that time to prepare your heart for receiving communion and uh, remembering Christ's sacrifice for us in that way. Um, also, I want to recognize uh, those people that watch online, those people that, that join in our community there. We're, gr- we're glad that they're with us, and we want to just encourage them, join us in person. Um, we, we love that. Um, and so, so we know that uh, we've made a lot of connections through some people online, and um, we're just glad that they've started to come into community with us. So welcome. Hey, uh, we are, as I said, in the second week of this series, The Elimination of Hurry, okay? And um, the second message that I'm going to be preaching is, uh, is basically talking about something that Jesus gave to us. He gave us an invitation, an invitation to come to Jesus. And uh, so that's where we're going this morning. And um, can I just tell you about something that happened to me uh, a couple weeks ago? You all know that um, our family went on vacation to Florida a few weeks, few weeks ago. Um, this, was, this was about two weeks. We left right after church. Basically, we had a baptism, and I put on some dry clothes, and we booked it to Florida. That, that, you know, basically, that's, that Sunday, we drove uh, halfway, and then the next day, we drove the rest of the way. We met my parents there, and um, we had a blast. But sometimes you think of vacation as being, being a moment where, you know, you just go and lay on the beach and you sit in the sun and you catch some rays and you get a nice, nice sunburn, right? Um, you, you know, you just, you just relax, okay? That's our idea of vacation, a lot of us. Well, can I tell you, our vacation was running, okay? And it started Sunday and it ended Saturday as, as we came home because uh, we booked it down there. We, we basically ran from roller coaster to roller coaster, water slide to water slide. Um, from, we went to SeaWorld, so, so we went to event, from event to event, you know, from show to show. And, um, and then we actually saw Kennedy Space Center got launched into space, okay? And um, we also went to Medieval Times. And so that was a lot of fun as well. But basically, our whole trip was just running, running, running. And by the last day, after we drove 15 hours straight back to our home, on one day, in one day, um, we were exhausted. We were, okay? And maybe you've been there before, um, taking a vacation and you need a vacation from your 
vacation, right? But that, that's, that's, that's often what we do, isn't it? We work hard, and then we play hard. We do, that, we do this all the time. And most of us, we don't know how to live any other way, do we? It's some, sometimes just, we just don't know how to stop. And that's, that's what I want to talk to us about today. And I want to ask you this question. Are you tired? Are you worn out? And are you exhausted? Because you may not be feeling it right now, but I guarantee we've all, we've all been in that place. And there's things that we've done to bring us to that place. And what Jesus' invitation for you today is this. It's, it's to come and find rest. Come and find rest. Now, to find rest insinuates something, and it's that we don't have it. Would you, would you agree with that? We're lacking rest today. We're, we are lacking peace. A few months back, I, I read a book that was actually very influential in our um, development of this series, and it's a book by a man named John Mark Comer, and um, you can look it up on Amazon. It's a, it's a great read. I highly recommend it. It's called The, Elimination, the, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, hence the title of this series, because we're taking some of these concepts that he talked about, about spiritual life, and we're trying to apply them then into our own lives and the life of our church. And um, it's, it's a book that I've come back to over and over again, not because I don't understand the concepts, but because they are very difficult for me to actually be consistently applying in my everyday life, and I need to be reminded of them all the time. And so I want to just kind of give you a summary of this book, and then in the, in the weeks to follow, we're going to talk about some of the spiritual practices, the spiritual disciplines that he talks about throughout this book. And so um, basically, the, the title of the book came from a meeting that um, a man named John Ortberg, who was a pastor, had with his mentor, Dallas Willard. And he, he came to Dallas overwhelmed. He'd been tired and exhausted leading a, a large, growing, thriving church. And he, he came to his mentor, Dallas, and, and was just, just saying, man, I, I'm worn out. I'm stressed out. I'm burned out. What do I do? And, um, and, and the way that, that uh, John, John framed this question was this. He said, what do I do, what do I need to do to become the me that I want to be? You guys can flip forward in your slides there. Um, what do I need to do to become the me that I want to be? Some of you may be asking that question as well. You're not a pastor. I don't think anybody here is also a pastor. You can't really identify with his profession, but you can identify with your profession, Right? Because um, you may be experiencing the same thing where you work or, or in your own family. You may be stressed out. You may be facing a lot of pressure. You may be um, going at a fast pace. You may be busy in your family life or, or in your work. And you're like, man, I, I'm not who I want to be. How do I become that? That's what John asks. And Dallas Willard, his mentor, responds with this one statement. He says, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Well, John responds, oh, well, great. Okay, thank you. What else? What else? Thinking there's, there's more, and Dallas responds, 
There is nothing else. There is nothing else. He says, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry. And he goes on to say that hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. And can I ask you, why, why is that? John Mark, the writer of the book, he, he, he comments saying this, because both sin and busyness have the same exact effect. They cut off your connection with God, with other people, and to even your own soul. That's what happens. And I think we're all feeling that today, aren't we? We're feeling like, man, I have noise constantly all throughout my day. And I'm feeling like, God, where are you? And it's not that we've left God. It's that I think we've tuned him out by all the noise that consumes us, all the busyness, all the stress. And, and what, I've, what I've actually done is I've done some soul searching myself this week. And I've come to this realization that what, what John... And Dallas are saying here is, is that um, hurry is very detrimental to our spiritual lives because it is incompatible with the fruit of the Spirit. You know, do you know the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience. I could go on, okay? When we think about the fruit of the Spirit and we think about hurry, what do they do? They're incompatible, aren't they? We think about love. Can you ever love someone in a hurry? No. You can't love someone in a hurry. Love takes time. It takes listening. It takes care. It takes sacrifice. So, so, so if, if our spiritual health could be measured by the fruit of the Spirit, and we're in a hurry, guess what? We're not going to be a love the way we're, we're called to be, right? What about, go second, joy. Joy. Can you ever enjoy something in a hurry? Have you ever tried to enjoy something in a hurry, right? I, I love eating Lindor chocolate balls, okay? Anybody like Lindor chocolate balls, okay? But, but you don't get the full effect if you just mm, plop it in, mm, swallow it, right? You got to let it sit in there. You got to let the chocolate melt till it gets to that, that perfect consistency of chocolate in the middle, that, that core that it has. I'd, it's magic. I don't, I don't know how they do it. They got some mad scientists in there that, that just know how to do chocolate. But, but you get to that smooth core in the middle, and dude, you got to enjoy it, right? Do you ever enjoy it in a hurry? No, you don't. You got to stop. You got you, you to slow down and enjoy it. What about peace? Do you ever have peace when you're in a hurry? I don't think so. What about, <laughs> this one will get you, obvious one, patience. Can you be patient in a hurry? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these things we cannot do in a hurry. Hurry goes against our own spiritual health. And so, so my question for us is this. If, if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, if we're called to be his disciples, then why in the world do we struggle so much with hurry in our lives. And, and what, what I've come to understand is this, three things, that hurry is a symptom. You can take notes on this and, and do some, some own searching in your own soul, but hurry, I believe, is a symptom. It's a symptom of, of, of three things, okay? I'm going to explain them for you. Number one, that we may be running from something. We may be running from something. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's something that you feel guilty about. Maybe it's something that 
someone else has made you feel guilty about. Maybe it's something that, that happened to you that, that hurts you. Or you're dealing with fear. You're dealing with a fear of failure, pain, grief, emotions. And, and, and you don't want to stop. You want to keep yourself busy so that you don't have to think about it. You know, one, one of the most consuming ways that, that I believe that we keep ourselves hurried in our daily life is by our consumption of media. I did some recent statistics this week and, and found that the average person touches their smartphone 2,600 times a day. That's disgusting, okay? <laughs> don't ever, if someone ever offers you their phone, don't touch it, okay? <laughs> it's gross, all right? There, there's actually also more statistics out about um, our consumption of, of media, digital and um, traditional media, that says that we as Americans, we outpace everybody in the world by consuming over 13 hours of media throughout our day. That's almost constant while we're awake. If you think about the way that you live your life every day, you're staring at a screen, you're listening to something, there's something blaring in the, in the background, radio, commercials, there's a TV on. I mean, they're counting all that and they're saying we're consuming media constantly. What does it do? It drowns out the silence. Drowns out quiet. And so, so, so it also then drowns out the voice of God to speak to us. We're consumed with this. Maybe it also, um, if, if you're not running from something, you're running to something. And, and I, I place myself there a lot. We're, we're running to the, the next experience. We're running to the next accomplishment, the next position, the next promotion, the next level of income. We're, we're, we're running to that next home or car or boat or ATV or console or phone or device. And uh, we think when we get it, we're going to be happy, but it, it's just a vapor, isn't it? We get it and we're on to the next thing. Right? It's a never-ending cycle. And when we've done that, we realize that, number three, we're, we've fallen victim to our modern world. Right? There are things that we believe because of the time that we live in that we need to do or we need to have. Don't we? Can I give you some examples? Maybe having the latest phone. Having the latest software on our computer. Posting constantly on social media is something. I mean, some, some of you, you live your life consumed with, I've got I've to post a few times a day. I've got to take these selfies. I've got to make, make people see what I'm eating and, and make people see that I have such a great life. And we post constantly to, to get people to like us. Maybe it's um, trying to stay current with owning a new car. We like new things, don't we? I think we like new things way too much, honestly. But we want to keep our car maybe under 50,000 miles or maybe if, you know, if it's, if it's us, you know, we're under, trying to keep it under 200,000 miles. We're over it right now, but <laughs> our car's still working, praise the Lord. But some of you guys freak out when your car goes over like 50,000 miles or 100,000 miles. And you're like, oh, I got to get a new car because it's not going to be good anymore. Like, guys, like, seriously. But we try and keep up, right? We're victims of our modern world. Maybe it's, maybe it's um, you've got kids. And you just feel like you have to have them in a sport every single season. And that just has kept you running. And you may like it. And that's okay. You know, that may be your thing. But for some of us, it, it wearies us. It makes us worn out. 
If you have teenagers, it's, it's always trying to make sure that they have a car, that everybody in the family has a car. And so we're working and working and working all to make sure that we have everything that we want. We're victims of our modern world. Maybe it's your home. Maybe uh, you watch HGTV too much, right? We've been there, right? And, uh, and, and we want to keep our home up to the latest HGTV standards, right? We want people to come in and be like, wow, that's awesome. That may be your thing, and that's cool. But just realize that it causes you to hurry. It may cause you tension. It may cause you stress. It may cause you frustration. And so my question is this. How do we then live deliberately in the fast-paced digital world that we call home? How do we live deliberately? How do we live at peace and with a purpose in the middle of the most noisy, busy digital world that we live in? Well, Jesus has an invitation for you, and I want, to op- want you to open your Bible. Matthew chapter 11 is where we are going to this morning. Matthew chapter 11. And uh, here Jesus has an invitation for you and for me to come to him. And the passage, uh, passage uh, that, that we're going to read is, starts in verse 28. We're going to read all the way through verse 30 by the end of this message. Um, but we're going to just take it line by line, um, phrase by phrase. And uh, the first point, if you're taking notes, is this. Jesus offers us an invitation. That's verse 28. Read with me. It says this. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the first thing that I want us to understand is this. Jesus said, come to me. That's the invitation. Come to me. The first step, I believe, to eliminate hurry in our life is to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. It's not do this or do that. It's simply come to Jesus. Put your trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. Acknowledge that He is God and you are not. Can I tell you, there are a lot of things that we turn to when we're struggling, when, when we're worrying, when we're, we're stressed out, when we're depressed. You know, there are a lot of things that we run to. And oftentimes we're, we're, we're doing it in an effort to be everywhere, control everything, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and know everything. To, to know everything, be everywhere, and, and, and do everything. And, and what you realize is that when you come to Jesus... You're recognizing that he is God and you are not. A a quick study on the the character of our God will reveal that he is three things. These are not the only things that he is, but he's these three things. He is number one, he is omniscient. That means that he knows everything. He's all-knowing, okay? Doesn't that bring peace to your soul? He knows everything. So you don't have to know everything. Second, he is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He can control everything, and you don't have to. He, he is in control. He is also omnipresent. 
meaning that he is in all places at all times. And so you don't have to be everywhere at once. Some, some of you may be like, man, I just need to multiply myself. I need, I need to be everywhere at all times, and I just, I'm feeling stressed out because I can't do everything. Realize this, you don't have to. You weren't created to, that Jesus is, though. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, and he is omnipresent. Some of you um, that I've talked to, you've, you've said, uh, man, at a point in my life where I really struggled, I tried out religion and I tried out attending church. Can I, can I just tell you, um, some of you said, uh, man, after doing that, it just didn't really work for me. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by that because um, Jesus didn't say, come to religion. He didn't say even come to church. Realize that? Don't come to religion. Don't just come to church. Jesus said, come to me. That's what he said. Did you know that it's possible to come to church and not come to Jesus? Religion um, is something that, that I, b- I believe that we all struggle with, and I think we've gotten this wrong in the church sometimes. Sometimes we, we come to church and it's all about religion, a list of do's and don'ts, right? Do you realize that, that, that religion says do and Jesus says done, right? Jesus says done. And if we're just coming to church for an experience and not for Jesus, it's not going to change anything. It's not. Jesus said, come to me. Coming to church is not the answer. Coming to religion is not the answer. Jesus said, come to me. Notice, as we go on in this verse, the second part of what he said, he said, come to me all. Come to me all. Jesus invites all to come to him. Jesus invites all to come to him. And and as a church, I believe that we're all about that but sometimes we need to just receive that ourselves because there's a lot of guilt that, that may weigh us down. It, it may seem obvious to you, but, but there are some who don't come to Jesus because they don't think that the invitation is for them. They don't come to Jesus because the invitation they don't believe is for him. But let me help you out. Jesus didn't say, come to me, all you who deserve it. Jesus didn't say, come to me, all you who are good enough. He said, come to me, all. 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 Okay? You don't deserve anything. None of us deserves the mercy and the grace and the favor and the forgiveness and the righteousness of God. You You don't come because you deserve anything. You come because the invitation has been made. You come because the invitation has been made. Jesus said, come to me. And if you don't come because you don't think that you are deserving, can I just tell you, you're right. You're right. You don't deserve it. But the invitation has been given to you. So come. Come to Jesus all. And then second point that we have here is this. We have a condition. We have a condition. So we, ha- we have the invitation, but then second, we have a condition, and it's in verse 28. As we keep on reading, he says, he says, all who labor and are heavy laden. And that's the condition. It's a condition that Jesus places on us. 
I don't, I don't often have people coming to me as a pastor saying, Pastor, can you pray for me? I, I am, I'm, I'm weary and I am heavy laden, or I labor and I am heavy laden. I don't often have people say that. So what in the world does it mean? Let's, let's try to understand that first. When we say, like the, say things like this, basically what, what, what the equivalent of that would be today is, is if, if you came to me saying, man, I'm overwhelmed, I'm depressed, I feel guilty, I'm anxious, I'm weighed down by guilt, and I cannot take it anymore. That's what it means. And Jesus, what he's saying is this, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Can I give you some examples of what we weigh ourselves down with? I brought some things with me. Maybe, um, maybe we're weighed down with worry. Maybe worry is consuming us every single day. Maybe that's something that we carry with us all the time. We carry it to work. We carry it home. We carry it to school. We carry it with our kids. We're worried, okay? Maybe a second thing that, that, that's going on is um, maybe we're carrying around grief. Maybe grief is something that just is consuming our life every single day. And we don't know how to get, get through it. We don't know how to get past it. And we, we carry it around with us, and it's just a burden. It's just like, you know, and so we, we just work harder. Try and, try and, you know, make our day full of noise and we play, play music so we don't have to think about it. And, but we're carrying around grief. Maybe, maybe it's, um, I got a few things with me also. Uh, we carry around um, depression, loneliness. These are a couple of things that, that I've gone through before. You know that sometimes it's a very lonely place, being a pastor. It is. You don't have a lot of people that, that do what you do, right? It's a place that's often very lonely. We carry these things around. I, I don't know how I'm going to carry all this stuff, but I got more, okay? Um, oh, boy. Ugh. I'm trying to get it all here. This one said marriage, my marriage. It just fell off, but this is my marriage. <laughs> anger. We got anger that we're dealing with. I got one more. I, I just got to pick it up because um, I'm not there yet, but oh, okay. My teenagers. <laughs> Maybe that's not a funny joke, but some of you parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? That you're dealing with raising teenagers. And you're like, man, I, I really worry about them. I'm really, really worried about how they're going to turn out. I really wish that they would follow Jesus. And it's really a struggle being a parent to them. These are burdens that we carry. We try to control and try to be everywhere and try to do everything, right? And we feel guilty constantly. Maybe it's, maybe it's just, just the overbearing weight of, I just, I just can never please God. <laughs> Right? Did you know that the audience that Jesus wrote to was a bunch of Jewish, Jewish religious leaders? And he, he said this. I've got a verse here, and I'm going I'm to read it quick because I'm about to drop this stuff. But he said this. You religious leaders, here's, here's what you do. You make people guilty. You put burdens on other people. You tie up heavy burdens on, on people that are hard to bear, and you lay, on them, you lay them on people's shoulders. But you, are, you yourselves are not willing to move them with your finger. That's what he said. 
And he, he just told them honestly, he said, said you guys are, are trying to, to, to live under the weight of the law. You're trying to control everything. You're trying to, to please God, but you, in fact, cannot. You can't. And this is what you look like. You're trying to get to heaven, bearing your own burden, right? He says in Matthew 5.20, I'll, I'll read this next verse. He says, for I tell you that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said that. He said, he said, unless you can carry the weight that I carry, unless it exceeds that of the most religious people, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus gives them this offer. He says, come to me, you who are weary and you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Give it to me. Drop it on me. And that's what we did. That's what Jesus calls us to do. He calls us to drop our weary weight on Jesus. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever sin or guilt you're dealing with, Jesus says, give it to me. Come to me. And I'll bear that weight. He doesn't just drop it like I did. He carried it. He carried it all the way to the cross. He bore your sin. He bore your shame upon himself. That's what he did. That's how we understand this verse. And it goes on to then say this. He says, and I will give you rest. That's the next part of that verse. And I will give you rest. It's very, I'm glad that I dropped that weight. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat up here. He says, I will give you rest. What does this mean? I will give you rest. Does it mean a perpetual vacation? That'd be nice. Life on the beach, early retirement, that'd be cool. No, that's not what it means. What it means is this. Rest in knowing, Jesus, you bore my sin. You made a way for me to come to God without bearing it upon my, my own self. It's rest in knowing that even though in this world we are going to face tribulation, that Jesus says, I have overcome the world. I have done that for you. I have overcome the world. That is true rest. And a few times in Scripture also, the word rest actually refers to eternity with God, an eternity spent with God. It's his heavenly home that he is preparing for us. That is rest. He says, give it to me, and I will give this to you. We don't deserve it, but he gives this offer to all. And so, the question then, as, as we close up, as we, as we end these verses, is this. How do I enter into that rest? And, and how do I come to Jesus? How can I come to Jesus? And here we th see uh, the third point is the pathway. The pathway. So we, we've looked at the invitation, the condition, and third, the pathway is, is this. It's in verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. And this invitation from Jesus is, is, is an invitation not to religion, but to a relationship, to a relationship with God. Not to a burden, but to a yoke. And what's a yoke? What's a yoke? Now, I wish I had a picture up here for you, but, but you've seen probably pictures of, of oxen bearing a yoke between two oxen. It's, it's basically like a piece of wood 
that, that takes, takes, takes the force of two oxen and harnesses them together so that they can work together and, and, and bear the weight of a plow. And, and what would happen is, is basically that uh, they would harness a older, uh, more mature, stronger oxen with a younger, immature, inexperienced oxen. And uh, in that way, that younger, less mature weaker oxen would learn from the stronger one and, and they would bear that weight together. It, it would almost be like that, that strong oxen would basically do all the working while the, while the younger one wouldn't do anything but would just sit there and, and look like they were doing it. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying. He's saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is what I want you to do. Now, in, in that Jewish culture, they also use this, this term, a yoke, to, to explain someone's religious obligation. Now, they, 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 they called it the yoke of the law, keeping the law. And you just bore that yoke yourself. You didn't have someone to bear it with you. You had to keep the law, and then you'd please God. You had to, to bear the yoke of tradition, or you had to bear the, the yoke of, of the commands and and in this context, what Jesus is doing, he's, he's just simplifying it, saying, dude, throw that heavy yoke off. You can't bear it yourself and take my yoke upon you. Come and pull with me because I'm doing all the work. You're going to look like, you know, under my yoke, you're going to look like you got there, but you only got there because of me. That's, that's the reality of what he's saying. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. Now, when Jesus called people, what was his invitation? He said, Come follow me, right? He said, Come follow me. He said this over 13 times in Scripture in calling people to come to him. And the definition of, of discipleship is the word learner. This is the way that he called disciples. He said, Come follow me. Come learn from me. And so, as we understand this yoke, what Jesus is saying is this. Come and learn from his ways. Come and walk beside him. Come and imitate me. Come and do what I do. Be guided by my yoke. And so, so coming to Jesus doesn't just entail this passive, oh, Jesus, I'm going to just dump my burden upon you. Jesus also tells you, no, come and take up my yoke and come and walk with me. Come follow me. Obey me. Be obedient to my ways. And then how we understand it is this, third, or actually fourth, it's the last point, the promise. We get a promise here. And he explains what this yoke is like. He explains what living under his own yoke is like. He says, says this, for I am gentle, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, what compels us to come to Jesus is this. What compels us to come to him is that he came to us. He left his heavenly home of rest. And he came down into this earth. And he died. He died on the cross for our sins. He took upon himself our burden. He became a servant and humbled himself for us that we might have life. He bore our sin and he made a way for us to God. And he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. 
because he himself bore that burden for you on the cross. He made peace with God so that our soul might have rest. And so I know some of you may be a Christian and may, may have been a part of church for a long time, but hey, if you are living a life and uh, coming to church or living as a Christian feels like a heavy, heavy weight, can I just tell you you're doing it wrong? You're trying to live a religion and not a relationship. Jesus said, come to me. I've borne that weight for you. You just live under my yoke. Follow me. Live in obedience for me. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, it, said that plainly. And so can I ask you again as we end today, are you tired? Are you tired? Because what Jesus' invitation for you is this. Come to me. Come to me. Let's all stand. Let's all stand together. We're going to close out our service right now. I invite Precious to come on up with me and, and also our worship team. You guys can start making your way up. And let's just use this as a way to prepare for receiving communion and as a way to just respond to Jesus however you want. Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's just take a moment of silence. And I want you to just ask the Lord right now, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Just ask, ask God that right now. And just listen. Just listen. Maybe you came to church this morning bearing a burden. And you've been trying to carry that on your own. You know what scripture says? Cast your cares upon him. For he cares for you. You know that you can leave that burden with the Lord this morning. If you want to say yes to God right now. If you want to just show that with a raising of your hands. Yes, pastor, I got a burden right now. I want to just give it to the Lord. You can just raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. Yeah, praise God. Yeah. Yeah. We want to give these burdens to the Lord. We don't want to leave here carrying them out of here. We need to give them to Jesus. Can I pray for you? Father, thank you that you promised to carry your burdens. Lord, help us to slow down enough to just, just release them to you and to trust that you're powerful to move and to carry them. God, would you give peace and rest to all of us here that we might not, not have to carry the weight of religion but may enter into a relationship with you, a relationship where your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Help us to follow you in obedience. Lord, give up these cares, these things that we're trying to control or know or be. God, you are. You are everything. You are the all in all. We just cast our cares on you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As you keep on praying, can I just tell you also that you may be here and you may not have a relationship with Jesus yet. The scripture says this, all unworthy and we're all guilty before God. It says in scripture, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And instead of bearing that, bait, that, that burden of religion, you can now enter into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And so you can come to Jesus today through repentance and faith as he removes your burden of guilt and sin and he welcomes you into relationship with God. And so those of you, if you're here today and you realize, yeah, I'm alone. I've been bearing my burden all by myself and I need to cast on Jesus. I need, need to ask Jesus to forgive my sins. I trust in him. Would you just raise your hand right now if you want to respond to Jesus in faith today and I want to just lead you in a prayer just to respond to him saying, yes, God. Yes, God, I believe in you. Yeah, praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else want to respond to Jesus today? Yeah. Those of you that raised your hand and, and maybe if, if you want to just everyone here just uh, just pray and respond this way and remember our salvation. Let's just pray and thank Jesus. Jesus, I need you. I can't save myself. I confess of and I repent of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross in my place and you rose again and I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And today I come to you. Would you save me? I give you all of me today and declare from this moment that you are in full control of my life. Thank you, God, for saving me and making me whole. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Valley Church. If you were impacted by today's teaching or made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you, pray for you, and walk with you. To connect with us, visit valleychurchwv.com. There you will find resources on following Jesus and information about how to partner with us here at Valley Church as we seek, serve, and send disciples of Christ.